1: Dennis Prager here, and sitting in for me is Trish Regan.
2: So glad to be here. Thank you so much, Dennis. I am Trish Regan, everyone, host of Trish Intel, and thrilled to be here with you today. In for my good friend, Dennis. Wow, do we have a lot to talk about. Making history. Joe Biden and the Democrat Party nominating Kamala Harris. Did I say that right? Kamala. Well, I got to be careful on that. (laughs) <laughs> There's a, a lot of different ways to pronounce it, and this is a big deal. You got to be able to pronounce it correctly. So I believe it's Kamala Harris. Uh, forgive me if if I don't say it perfectly, but uh, I, I suppose I'll I'll have three months to learn it. Anyway, making history, nominating her for vice president on the ticket, uh, a woman, a minority, and you know Joe had said all along back in March he wanted to nominate a woman. Here's the problem. And I say this as a woman and I say this as someone who believes wholeheartedly in equality and uh, even considers myself a, a, a term which I think has been really corrupted by the left, a feminist, because to me, a feminist really represents a purity of equality. Right. I believe in equality for men and women. So I think Joe Biden made a huge mistake when he said, I am going to nominate a woman. Effectively, it's women's time. Well, you know what? Women have been nominated before. I mean, somebody tell Maureen Dyod over at the New York Times, right? Because don't forget, Geraldine Ferraro was on the ticket with Mondale. You had Sarah Palin on the ticket uh, with McCain. We had Hillary Clinton in the last cycle, right at the top of the ticket. Um, and, And you don't need to make such a big point over the fact that you are nominating a woman. Because you know what? By doing so, you're actually taking something away from the moment. You are taking something away from her qualifications. You are taking something away from women as a whole. In other words, if Joe Biden had come out and said, I am going to nominate the best person, and then she happens to be a woman, and she happens to be a minority, then great, right? Because then you're actually talking about a meritocracy. And last I checked... Although this is changing rapidly, the America I know, the America I love is a meritocracy. We need to enable people to have the power to move forward regardless of their gender, regardless of their race. And yet Joe Biden is making this all about gender. And increasingly, it will be about race. Granted, she doesn't fit the perfect definition of African-American only because her father was from Jamaica, her mother was um, her mother was from India. But you know what? This is a great country. Hey, right? I mean, the fact that her parents could come here, that she could be raised in this wonderful country and go on to be the nominee for vice president is truly a testament to what we are and what we can be. And we don't need Joe Biden. We don't need Joe Biden telling us that it's women's time. You know, frankly, of course it's women's time. Let's make it about people's time, right? Let's make it about the best, most qualified person. Anyway, we get a lot to talk about with her, including her economic record. You know me, my background as a financial journalist, uh, my background, um, really trying to seek out what is – What is going to move markets? How do we look at all this through an economic lens? And so I care about the policies that are going to put us on the right track for our economic future. You can call into the program. I would love to hear from you. Trish Regan here, everyone, in for Dennis today. You can call 1-877-243-7776 or 1-8-Prager-766. But let's dig into this economic stuff, okay, because I think we need to understand who it is, what the ticket is that we would be voting for. Now, a little bit of the challenge here with Kamala Harris is that it's it's unclear in some ways exactly what she represents, except for the fact that she was putting people away, locking them up as attorney general, as a prosecutor. She was tough on crime. I actually like that. Right. Like That's actually a good thing, uh, especially given the whole defund the police movement that's going on right now. But it's questionable whether or not the party's going to accept her. Let's leave that aside for a second, because there's a lot to dig into in terms of her personality, how that's going to play, whether or not she's polarizing, whether Americans are really going to have enough of a chance to know her coming up, Corey Lewandowski, who ran the 2016 campaign for Donald Trump, is going to join me to talk about all of that. But I want to get into the nitty gritty of just exactly what her economic policies are. And I'm thus far pretty unimpressed in that I don't see enough. I really don't. You know what I see? Back in May, she teamed up with socialist Bernie Sanders. Well, that's enough to, you know, make me concerned. Because this is a guy, after all, who honeymooned in the Soviet Union and would love to send us down the path of any failed, miserable economy such as you see around the world that has embraced socialism or communism. Anyway, she teamed up with him to say that uh, Americans, U.S. residents, forgive me, not Americans, U.S. residents, anybody living here in this country, regardless of whether or not they have a social security number, should get $2,000 a month in benefits while we're dealing with this coronavirus crisis. And she wanted this to effectively be instituted and wanted it to last until the coronavirus pandemic ended uh, three months after it ended. So good luck trying to figure out exactly when that's happening. And um, I want to get into the law of unintended consequences because you hand out $2,000 a month to people. And hey, <laughs> at some point, you know, people are not dumb. they, they they make smart, informed decisions. And, you know, maybe it's just a little easier to stay home and continue collecting checks from the government as opposed to going to work. I mean, that's not a that's not a poorly informed decision. I mean, I, 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 I love work and I think there's there's some really tremendous values that we get from it, and it's important for our country, but people are going to do what's best for them and their families. So if you're offering the $2,000 a month basic income, if you would, then people aren't going to have the same kind of incentives, especially if you're willing to tax them to death, to go out and actually work. In fact, you know, I've looked at this, I've looked at this data, and if you go, for example, to the state of Hawaii, you see that a, a single mom with two children can roughly get Somewhere within the vicinity of fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 a year in state and federal benefits combined. Uh, that's not including anything associated with the coronavirus, right? That's before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, you like that, Sean? <laughs> $60,000, I was just talking to the producer who chimed in, $60,000 roughly in, in state and local benefits. And, and that's pretty significant, right? I mean, why, what? Why would you go to work? Why would you spend the money on gas and lunches and, and daycare when you could be at home with your kids? I mean, this is just simple economic reality. And if we continue down this path of just handing out freebies, basic income, then you're going you're gonna to be left with, with really a shell of a society. And I've seen it. I have seen it firsthand. Dial in. One eight seven eight seven seven, forgive me two, four, three seven 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 six that's one eight Prager seven six six. I can remember when I was first starting out actually in the financial industry, I was working on the emerging debt markets desk at Goldman Sachs where we were trading sovereign debt, and my job was to gather all the news and information onto some of these Latin American banana republics, uh, if you would, to try and figure out how we should position ourselves and clients, given the news cycle. And I remember when Hugo Chavez came into power, and this would have been 1999 that he was coming in as the president of Venezuela, and people elected him there because they thought that he would provide them with all this stuff, right? He promised this, that, and the other. And he made it very much a campaign about big, bad imperialists, And how they had taken advantage of Venezuela and the people there and that they had gotten shortchanged. It was very much a class warfare argument, similar, frankly, to what we see here today being echoed by these extremes in the Democrat Party. And so sure enough, he won. And what do you know? In 20 years time, that economy went from being the best in all of Latin America on a per capita basis to the absolute worst, and it is really in a state of misery where you see the average Venezuelan losing about 24 pounds, not intentionally, in the last year because they don't have access to food. They are starving. They have depleted their country of all natural resources. They have no law and order. It's total chaos, complete with looting, and all kinds of massive problems so i I, I say that because we need to think about that as a warning for us right about what we don't want we're going to talk some more coming up Welcome back, everyone. I am Trish Regan, host of Trish Intel. You can follow me on Twitter at Trish underscore Regan. Make sure to hashtag Trish Intel. I'm in for Dennis today. Dennis is doing a little bit of fundraising for a very, very good cause. I don't know if you've seen you You most likely have if you're listening to this show. But they really... They really tackle the mainstream media in a pretty powerful way, and uh, it's important right now. I mean, I think one of the most challenging and most disappointing things about the world in which we live at this moment is the lack of intellectual diversity and the lack of appreciation for intellectual diversity, and this is something that you know Dennis cares so much about and his entire team, so... uh, Congrats to all the good work they're doing there at at Prager U. and we encourage them to do more. And it's great for me to be here, lucky enough to be with you here today. 1-877-243-7776. This is Trish Regan, 1-8PRAGER-766. We're talking about Kamala Harris because uh, she is now the VP pick. The party really pushed this one. They seem to want a woman I, I told you earlier my concerns about that because it would be been a whole lot more meaningful and a whole lot more powerful if they could just have said, "We're picking the best person right I mean instead of making it all about being a woman, but yeah, identity politics is what they are playing, and so they anticipate that she'll play into that. My question, however, is how will she how will she be received now you know I, I have admiration for her. I think she's a strong woman and she's, you know, intellectual and she really knows how to frame a fight, so to speak, box her opponent in. But that's not always going to go over so well, especially when the American public only has about three months to really get to know her. And this is all they've seen thus far. Let's roll the tape of her going after Joe Biden in that big debate.
4: But I also believe, and it is personal, and I was actually very... It was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little
2: girl was me. You know, she got him pretty good in that one. He was trying to argue for state rights, which was what he was a proponent of at the time. But, you know, it didn't age so well, so to speak. And that was a pretty, pretty interesting moment that many people thought really would disqualify her effectively from being on the ticket. Because when someone goes after you that hard, you know, how do you turn around and, and make nice with them, but it's politics after all. And let's face it, politics, as they say, makes for strange bedfellows. Uh, we've got Richard in Louisville, joining me on the line on the Dennis Prager show. Hello, Richard. This is Trish Regan. How are you?
0: Yeah. Hi, Trish. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, well, Joe Biden has found his natural match, I guess, in Kamala Harris. They're both <laughs> liars and opportunists. They both lied repeatedly to the American people. And uh, you can see uh, Joe Biden's opportunism in Ukraine and China with his son, getting his son cushy jobs over there. The deep word Hunter did nothing uh, for millions of dollars in, in payments. uh I think they're both uh, socialists and they're both uh, they both promote the dependency culture that's plaguing our country over and above COVID-19. You know,
2: the the dependency Uh, stuff scares me because... You know, you you can't recover from that. If we have an economy that becomes too dependent on the federal government, you know what, effectively that leaves all the power in the hands of the government. And there are lawmakers, I hate to say it, But they're out there that want to use that to effectively manipulate people, to kind of give them just enough, right, to keep them where they need them, where they want them, to keep them dependent. This is what we saw in Venezuela. I do not want this happening here. I think that there's a lot of unintended consequences when it comes to economic policy, and nobody's thinking about our future, really. I mean, nobody's thinking about the next generation in all this and how the heck we're ever ever going to be able to support it richard so you are spot on it is good to have you here thank you for your call i want to go to jj in orlando who i have a feeling agrees with you when it comes to these handouts jj welcome to the show you're talking to trish
3: oh great to talk to you trish i loved you on fox business miss you on there but
2: glad you're on the
3: radio waves now more frequently um i um totally agree. I think the Democrats are like a drug dealer that gives their uh, per, uh, victim <laughs> uh, free drugs in the beginning. They hook them. Okay, so that's the way I look at this basic uh, universal income and these freebies. It, it, it's not sustainable. And these people are just pure evil as far as I'm concerned.
2: <laughs> well, listen, it's not sustainable. It is a, a, a recipe for pure disaster, JJ. You're right on that. And thank you so much for your kind comments. You know, you can listen to me on my new brand new podcast, Trish Intel. And there's a TV show coming out, too, so I'll I'll let you in on that very, very soon. But anyway, I I, I just think that we're at a crossroads right now, and I find it incredibly disturbing because if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we're going to wake up. China's going to be the next United States of America, and uh, we'll be lucky. I used to say we'll be lucky to be France, but, you know, the way things are going, we're going to wind up being Venezuela. I mean, we can't allow... We just can't allow this economic opportunity to get away from us. We can't get, we can't get, you know, we can't lose our edge. Right, J.J.? I mean, part of our edge is our, our creativity, our work ethic, our ingenuity. These are things that make us American. Do they not? I may well, have lost J.J. there, but J.J., oh, there you are. Oh, hello? You there? <laughs> Hi,
3: Oh, I, I just wanted to say, remember when they said we were going to save 1200 a year, 1250 or something, it actually wound up costing every family money? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they've they proven themselves to be liars in the past. Why do we want to trust them now?
2: <laughs> well, I think, you know, it, you're onto something. I grew up in the, the state of New Hampshire, live free or die territory. And one of the things that I was mm. always impressed with uh, from New Hampshire was that It didn't matter what side of the aisle you were on. I think there was a fundamental sort of distrust of government in that we just uh, we didn't trust government to quite get it right. And the smaller your government, the shorter a leash you kept government on, the better off the individual was. You want that power going to the individual. So there's no state income tax there's no sales tax there's frankly pretty minimal property taxes in light of it all and somehow you know what they balance their budget and they get by so that is a lesson robert. in how to be economically independent jj it's great to talk to you we got more callers calling in richard uh from louisville just joins us robert in tucson is next 18 prager 766 this is trish regan i'll see you here don't go anywhere
1: the dennis prager show
2: Welcome back, everyone. I am Trish Regan, in for my good friend Dennis Prager. Today, it's great to be here with you and on my new podcast, brand new Trish Intel. Make sure you subscribe to it, make sure you download it, and make sure you rate it five stars. (laughs) We've got a lot to talk about today. We're talking about whether or not Kamala Harris is really going to help or hurt Joe Biden. I think in some ways it was kind of a gutsy pick because, you know, part of this, um, issue is is whether or not a candidate can be polarizing and if they're polarizing does that actually serve as a detriment right to joe biden's campaign that's the challenge right now i don't know is america's really going to have enough time to get to know her and you heard me play the clip of how she went after joe biden in that debate really uh putting him right into a corner now not everybody's gonna like that style so does it help or hurt the guy who can answer this Brilliant, brilliant campaign organizer, brilliant campaign analyst, Corey Lewandowski from the wonderful state of New Hampshire, live-free-or-die territory, which, Corey, so good to have you here. I'm actually in right now, and I hear you're down in Florida.
0: You know, Trish, I love being on with you. You've always been so great and so smart, and I'm very jealous that you're in New Hampshire And I'm in Florida, but I am on the Team Trump bus tour right now with your friend, Pam Bondi, who you have gotten to know so well, and she's been such a great supporter of the president. We've had the lieutenant governor of Florida on the trip. We had the current attorney general on the trip. We've had members of Congress. We've had so many people on this trip helping support the president and making sure that we're turning out the vote here in Florida.
2: That's great. Please tell them I I said hi um, and a special hello there to Pam. Pam. Let me ask you, what do you think? I mean, Kamala Harris, is this is this going to play in Peoria, as they say?
0: You know, Tricia, if you listen to members of the mainstream media and you go to one of the other channels, the MSNBCs of the world, the CNNs of the world, they're calling this the greatest pick of any vice presidential candidate in the history of America. But the truth is, Kamala Harris is way outside the mainstream. You know, she voted for $32 trillion of the government takeover of health care. That's not $32 billion. It's $32 trillion having the government take over our health care. She supports the Green New Deal. She opposed Donald Trump's tax cuts. So you know the state of New Hampshire, and I know it. I don't see how this helps her in places where the economy has been devastated under the Obama-Biden years. She does nothing to bring those people back. She has no record of success. And she's been soft on crime, even as the attorney general of California. And right now, what we need and what the American people deserve is a president stands with the men and women of uniform and make sure that our communities are safe.
2: You know, Corey, I I, I think it's really going to come down to to that. What you what you were just describing was sort of this sort of spend three f- spend free bloated government um, mandate, right? Versus capitalism freedom and a meritocracy in which everybody can succeed. I mean, I think about the taxes, for example, and she's out there saying she's she's trying to help the middle class, and yet she wanted to reinstitute those tax cuts for millionaires and billionaires in high-tax states like California and New York, right? That It doesn't do anything for the middle class. It just helps some of her Wealthy donors that might otherwise be heading to Florida, where you are or New Hampshire, where I am, because these are no income tax states i mean I, I, I find it um, hypocritical in many ways and and the way that they spin this is really detrimental frankly to to what 's going on, but that said, that said, um, some people are saying well she 's a challenging one for the, for the president to go after because You know, it it may make him look mean if he's going after a woman, if he's going after a minority. But isn't he kind of an equal opportunist when it comes to going after people?
0: Hey, Trish, I know it better than anybody in America, okay? He doesn't care if you're white or black, green or purple, orange or yellow, brown. It doesn't matter. He's an equal opportunist. If he doesn't like something you're doing, he goes after you. And when you enter the arena, which is what she has chosen to do, She's entered the biggest arena in the world, which is the world of presidential politics in this country. Everything is fair game. You don't get a pass because you're a woman. You don't get a pass because your father was born in Jamaica and your mother was born in India. There are no passes in the business. That's not how it works. And your record is fair game. Your results are fair game. Your tenure in elective office is fair game. It doesn't matter where your parents are from. It doesn't matter if you're a woman. Donald Trump treats everybody exactly the same, and these people who think that. Him attacking her or calling out her record is uh, too aggressive or it's misogynist or it's racist. They are playing the identity politics card, which has failed the American people for the last 40 years.
2: Hey, Corey, don't go anywhere. Would you stay with me? The brilliant Corey Lewandowski, terrific campaign strategist. We've got to take a quick break, and if Corey's willing, we're back.
1: Dennis Prager here, and sitting in for me is Trish Regan. And we return to Trish right
2: now. Uh, it's so great to be here with all of you today. My thanks to Dennis for having me in. He's off doing a little bit of fundraising for a very good cause for Prager University, Prager U. You know their videos well. And uh, it's great to be here. I am the new host of Trish Intel, brand new podcast. Please go and subscribe and download it. And as I said before, make sure you give it five stars. Anyway, good to have you here on such a important day, such a news-packed day, Kamala Harris effectively making history as a woman and as a minority now being put on the ticket with Joe Biden. But is this going to help or is this going to hurt Joe? I, I... I want to go now back to Corey Lewandowski, who I really consider one of the, the brightest minds in politics, because do not forget, it was Corey Lewandowski who put Donald Trump on the path to winning in 2016. He's the author of the book, Let Trump Be Trump. And right now, he's traveling town to town in Florida with Pam Bondi and the whole crew, and they're talking to voters. And... Uh, Corey, what are you hearing from people there? What are they saying about Kamala and whether or not she's going to help or hurt Biden?
0: Well, here in the state of Florida, there's no excitement for her at all. And yeah, this race is really about the future of our country. It's about Donald Trump's leadership versus Joe Biden's leadership. And I don't think there's anybody in your listening audience who believes that Joe Biden has the mental acuity to actually do the job as a leader of the free world. And my guess is, without having any insight, the first thing Kamala Harris did when uh, Joe Biden called her and you know via Zoom and told her she was going to be the pick, she googled something called the Twenty Fifth Amendment because she figures Joe isn't going to make it long, so she googled it <laughs> and said, how long we get rid of this guy? Okay, because really where we're going. I mean, Joe Biden has zero chance of winning this election. But if he were to win this election. Kamala Harris and the far-left extremists, the AOCs of the world, the Rashid Khalibs of the world, would be the ones running this country, and the American people know that, and they will reject those policies.
2: Well, you know, it's funny you say that. So I've got a new website, TrishIntel.com, coming out, and I'm writing some pieces for it and and some opinion pieces. And last night I was writing, (laughs) I found myself, when I went back to proof, Corey, I was writing the Harris-Biden ticket. I had her name first, what? so that was a little bit of a slip, but I think that that's sort of the truth, because the guy, you know, he, he's down there in the basement, he's not making any sense, he doesn't seem like he can string two sentences together, so all of America, I guess, would be looking to her.
0: Well, Trish, it was such an exciting day for Joe Biden yesterday, someone finally told him who he was picking for vice president, he was so excited when they finally <laughs> told him, they said, hey, we picked
3: Kamala
2: Harris, said, that's great! Said, you know, I heard his wife was not excited. I, I heard, it, and this is just—I read this um, from a, from a, a decent source, but um, I, I did not hear, the, hear this firsthand. But apparently, his wife had some reservations about him picking her because I, I think we still have the sound. Let's, let Sean, let's let's go and play that sound again, just to remind listeners what Joe Biden went through there on stage with Kamala Harris in that debate. And I want Corey's reaction. Here we go.
4: But I also believe, and it is personal, and I was actually very... It was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools and she was bused
2: to school every day and that little girl was me you know Corey, i remember that moment i thought it was actually pretty powerful i thought that she did a, a, a very good job uh, and was able to articulate her feelings but if she really felt that way why exactly is she teaming up with him now and by the way How does he get over her so directly attacking him like that? I mean, this doesn't feel like a match made in heaven.
0: Well, I think he's forgotten about it like he's forgotten about everything else. He doesn't remember her attacking (laughs) him because he doesn't remember his name most of the time. And and Look, I'm only half kidding about this. Joe Biden had the biggest announcement of his political career yesterday, and he never spoke to the media about it. It was a written statement released by his team because he doesn't have the capacity to do it. And don't forget, Trish. This is the same woman who said, I believe the Biden accusers. I believe the women who have accused Joe Biden of sexually uh, touching them inappropriately. I believe them. And he still put them on the ticket because, you know, she and she accepted this. This is the hypocrisy of politics. This is how bad politicians are. Right. They accuse Joe Biden of. Uh, inappropriately touching women. They accuse him of being a racist, and then they say, oh, of course I'll be happy to serve with you. You're a great guy. This is why the American people hate this stuff, and that's why they love Donald Trump, because he gets past the BS and just says it like it is.
2: No, for sure. I think that America's sort of left scratching their head. They're not quite certain who Joe Biden is, They're not certain who she is. I mean, on the one hand, she was trying to lock up criminals. And then on the other hand, she's saying, you know, she's for defund the police. Um, So there's there's such a lack of consistency there. And not only that, there's a how do we frame this? How do we say it? I mean, say what you want about Donald Trump. He kind of just puts it out out there, all out there, uh, sometimes perhaps more than he should for his own good. But he's just, you know, hearts on my sleeve, that kind of thing. Um, in terms, Corey, uh, of how this 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 goes forward, I, I, I take your point because I don't know why there was no... T- today when I was getting ready for the show, I was like, well, how did I miss this? Did Joe Biden not actually speak about this? Is there no sound that I can run? I've just got a statement? And to me, that's almost bizarre. I mean, why would you not have Joe Biden come out in a big way and and show that support physically?
0: Because my guess is he was incapable of holding a press conference yesterday and having to have another one today when they actually were together. And so my guess is his team said, hey, let's put out a written statement. You don't want to say anything. You want to make sure you get a lot of rest, Sleepy Joe. You know, the guy probably needs 18 or 19 hours of sleep a day right now. Unlike Donald Trump, who <laughs> might get 18 or 19 hours of sleep a week. Okay? That's the difference between these two guys. One guy's working 20 hours a day, and the other guy's sleeping 20 hours a day. And we know which one is which. You don't get a nickname like Sleepy Joe for nothing. Okay? And, <laughs> and this is all about the president who has two very basic thoughts. Number one, we're going to make America great again. We're going to rebuild our economy. But number two, Tricia, more importantly... We're gonna put America first, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris—they go on the world apology tour, and that's not what we're about, this country. Okay, we don't apologize to anybody for anything. We're the greatest. I'm country with you. I'm with planet, you. And we'll never we are
2: great, and we're gonna stay great. Hey, listen, Corey, so good to have you. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Corey Lewandowski, my good friend from the Live for Your Die state. Welcome back, everyone. This is Trish Regan. I am the new host of the podcast trish intel please go online you can download it on spotify on apple apple and all the places and make sure you subscribe um this is fundraising month for prager university prager U. and i want to mention this because you know what dennis has been doing is really incredible this week your donation is doubled friends education got us into this mess right Isn't that the reality of it? You've got education, which has become so, um, so their way or the highway, right? No no freedom, no intellectual diversity anymore. And so really we need to go back to education to get us out of this. No one educates more effectively than PragerU. You know, I love their videos. They're great. You've probably seen a lot of them. They're clear, they're concise, they're compelling, and they're interesting. And they're different. So go to PragerU.com, donate or call 833-PRAGERU. We need a little more PragerU out there right now. We need a little bit more diversity in the marketplace. We need to have freedom of ideas. We need to be able to exchange ideas if we're going to move forward. It can't be that you just shut everything down. Uh, I've got a lot of callers calling in and I'm so excited. You're listening to Trish Regan, one 8 prager 776, I believe. We've got someone on the line, do we not? Sean, talking to the producer. It is Robert who's joining us. So good to have you here from Tucson. Robert, welcome. Hello. Hi, it's Trish.
0: Hi, how's it going? Really good. Okay, so I had a question because I've been watching the news lately, and, and this whole Camilla Harris fiasco is how I pretty much look at it, right? Mm-hmm. how can someone who is supposed to be a strong stick to their convictions literally have film clips of them going against everything someone's saying and then it's like a, it's like a dodgeball game against rivals and then you switch teams and then all of a sudden the two good guys are on the same team because you're on the same team. You know what I mean? Like It, it doesn't make sense to the American people. either <laughs> right.
3: Welcome
2: to they politics, my friend. That. Right, Robert? Boy, I mean, that's, well, that's unfortunately, I, you know, and this is why, and Corey Lewandowski was just saying this, this is why Americans are so disgusted by the entire process, because it seems like nobody has any backbone. Nobody's willing to stick up for their beliefs. On the one hand, she said, I believe the women. I believe them when they, you know, they, they said that Joe Biden went after them. Well, if you do, like, how do, how do you reconcile being on the ticket? with him. I mean, if you believe that he was so out of touch in the 1970s as she went after him for being, um, when it comes to race issues, then, then how do you join forces with him? I think that fundamentally is a question, and it speaks to sort of the self-interest, if you would, of all these politicians. Robert from Tucson, it's so good to have you here. Everybody call in 1-8-Prager-776. This is Trish Regan, host of Trish Intel. I'm back. We're talking Kamala Harris. Lots to talk about next
1: It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day, and after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five, 95 and you should know this. About 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five 95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer, and go to relieffactor.com and order the three